Today, the Below Average Joe's MMA Show presents the Weekend Preview. And we have a lot to go over. It has been over a week since we have done a preview or a recap. And it all starts with Mackenzie Dern versus Yan Zhao Nan. Yes. We got Bellator 286, the two biggest fighters in the whole damn promotion on the same card. And uh-huh. you might not have even known it was coming. But we're also recapping everything that we missed out on last week, including Bellator 285 uh-huh. and multiple weeks of the Contender Series. Yes. All of this... And more, and it all starts right now. Welcome back, everybody. Hello. Thank you for joining us, episode 239. You can see it right over Dominic's right shoulder. We're back in the saddle. It's been a while. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's been, I mean, of course, we had verbal sparring uh, last week. Go check it out if you Mm -hmm. haven't. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's been a while since we've done our, our flow here of our recap previews. Uh, apologies to the audience. Uh, yeah, we were kind of planning to do the off week of, with no UFC by putting in, of course, we did uh, verbal sparring. But we were we were planning to have a little bit more content, another cage side rewind for you. Unfortunately, I had an allergic reaction or something to some medication, so... I was I had a face rash that just wouldn't quit. Yeah. I was uh super nauseous and stuff. It was just it was not fun, guys. Not I mean, I'm all good now. I'm all good now. But it was just it, like the last thing I wanted to do was talk for like a minute, let alone three hours. Yeah, like <laughs> especially for that kind of episode. Yeah, that's yeah. a bit more of a time commitment. So uh apologies for that, but we're back here, ready to go, revving up for a pretty big episode here. Got multiple cards to preview. We got multiple cards to recap. But Dominic, since it's been a minute, tell me, how you feeling? How's the family doing? How's the girlfriend doing? How's everybody doing in your world? Everyone is doing very well, Noah. I appreciate you asking. I'll be sure to return that favor. Um, everything's good, man. Life is good. Our, our creative brains are flowing once again, Noah. No hinting, no teasing, just saying. We're really wanting to take these Joeys to the next level. But everything is great. Life's great. And uh, I'm just so excited to be back here, back in a routine. We have another off week in the UFC or in MMA in general next week. But then after that, we get a nice long stretch of hitting it Mm. back to back to back to back. So I'm excited. Of course, all the content still coming your way. Another verbal sparring next week. We're going to try and get a cage side in at the end of the month for October to make up for September. I'm pumped. I'm ready to chat. We got a lot to discuss, so I'm going to stop talking. But how are you? How's the family? How's the friends? How's the tea? <clears throat> if you know what I mean, Noah. <laughs> and uh, let's get into this thing. Yeah, you uh, you couldn't mention a girlfriend. You, I'm surprised you didn't ask how my right hand was doing because uh, <laughs> not only did I name it after Dom, but now with the tea back to normal, it just it's a, it's a mess around here. It's a, <laughs> it's working overtime, <laughs> so they say. What? I'm joking. I'm joking. You guys don't have to get those images in your head. Uh, I'm, I'm, 
I, all I do is watch sports and gamble. You know what really gets my rocks off, Dom? When a fucking bet hits. That's what gets my yeah. rocks off. This right hand don't do anything for me anymore. I'm tired of that shit. Put a phone in my right hand with a winning bet on it. Then maybe yes. I'll get something going. Yes. yes. But I digress. That was, a, that was an interesting start here. But everything's good, Dominic. Of course, my health is back to normal. Um, I'm really excited to just kind of get into what we got on the docket today because there is a lot over a lot that we missed during the off week, but we're going to give it all to you guys. You know who else can give it all to you? Anything you've ever wanted points, bet sportsbook. They are the official betting partner of the below average Joe's MMA show. And they have an exclusive offer for you. You. Yes. You there (laughs) raising your hand. Yeah, yeah. You're like, huh? Me? Yes, you. So right now, if you sign up with PointsBet Sportsbook as a new user on your initial deposit, they are going to match 100% of that deposit up to $2,000. Mm, 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 mm. I mean, <laughs> why so say no? Uh, PointsBet is basically saying, come steal our money. Yeah. And y'all ain't doing it. What, what, no, I'm just kidding. Some people are doing it. But well, yeah. more people, and people need to know that someone's out there is just handing out free money. So yes. there's two ways to make good on this offer. One, in the description of today's episode, you can go to that link, sign up. The code's already in there and everything. Bada, bada, bing, bada, bada, boom. You put in that deposit, you got the money. Also, you can download the PointsBet Sportsbook app. Take a look around, see how things feel. Do you like the lines? Do you like the point betting? Anything like that? You know, really get make yourself comfortable. Mm-hmm. And then if you like what you see, you can go and sign up there. But make sure you use code MMA Joe's. One more time. Oh, didn't say it loud enough. I'm not gonna say it louder. I promise to headphone users. MMA Joe's. Yes. And you get the offer there as well so you put in that deposit bat, beep, boop, bat, beep. it's there all right what he said <clears throat> so uh thank you to points bet sportsbook um please bet responsibly and with that we move into ufc vegas 61 dominic salee mm-hmm. what an what an interesting card here because the card is not very stacked on paper just yeah we kind of have to talk about this at some but uh this whole event is being closed off from the media from the fans and some of you may be asking why is it for fight or see is there something going on well uh there's a man who said i want to go but i ain't dealing with you fucking poor ass common folk mark zuckerberg the Mark Zuckerberg is looking like will be in attendance. I don't know if it's going to be a private party or just himself just sitting there. I really don't know what's going on there. And then there's some rumors that maybe this is the UFC teased some Dana interviews about doing fights in the metaverse and all stuff. So, uh, Dominic, when you kind of hear all that, do you think it's at the end of the day, are we really just going to be watching a card that Mark Zuckerberg just is in attendance and didn't want? all this noise around him or is there more to it? Is there, is there maybe some business going on here? 
I think there are some moves being made in the business side. Um, it, it was talked about quite some time ago how Dana was wanting to dabble into that metaverse, and I don't really know much of anything about that stuff. When I hear metaverse, I think of the Spider-Man cartoon movie, the Spider-Verse. I mean, I don't really know what goes on inside of there. But uh, I think they're going to try and experiment with some things with like cameras and VR and whatnot, and I just don't think they want to have anybody there that could potentially, you know, get in the way or things get said that they don't want in it. I think they're going to be doing some like test runs basically this weekend. And of course I would imagine Mark Zuckerberg is going to be there. That's what we're hearing. That's what everybody's saying. Even Mackenzie Dern said that today during media day. So we shall see, but as long as the fights don't get affected, which they shouldn't, I'm not saying they will, then that's all that matters. Cause we're going to be watching at home anyway, Noah. And what do you think of this main event? So I we talked about this when it got announced when when Mackenzie Durham versus Jan Jamon got announced it we 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 were a little lukewarm on it um, as a fight itself solid you know it could have not the best matchmaking but okay these are two top six straw weights like very good fighters haven't fought before all right I'm in you know. But then you put it in a main event, and it kind of loses a little bit of that uh, that luster. It loses a little bit of that because it's really not a main event level fight right now. Could it be in the future? Sure. But right now, neither girl really feel like they're in a place where we need to see them in a main event. But at the same time, Dominic, I will admit that I feel like the closer this fight we've gotten to this fight, I see a lot at stake here for Mackenzie Dern. Mm-hmm. And you could tell me if you feel differently because Zhao Man's the one on a fight losing streak, I believe. So, yeah, Mackenzie's coming off a win, looked pretty good. But we saw how her first main event performance went last year. She looked quite rough, I would say, with yeah. the word against Marina Rodriguez. Um, was not her best showing by a long shot, and. Here she is, back in a main event spot, five rounds against a tough fighter, Zhao Nan, who put a fight against Marina Rodriguez, then Mackenzie Dern did. So she has some questions to answer because we've seen the improvements at times. Her team's more confident in the striking. Her jiu-jitsu is, of course, lethal. She seems mm-hmm. to be able to take a pretty good punch. But at the end of the day, if she can't put it together for five rounds, if she can't show up, under the brightest lights in the biggest moments, that she may be this, very good at the bubble of being great, of being a contender, but just not. What do you think? Yeah, this is an interesting fight. I feel like there are questions to be answered um, on, on both sides of this fight here. McKenzie obviously is just the bigger name, the bigger... Um, brand, the bigger star, quote-unquote, value of the two. Um, and they obviously, if you're the UFC, does want someone like her to continue. Because she came in with that, you know, world championships in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Um, she has, you know, all these crazy submissions. She had the first knee bar, I think, in UFC history for the women. Um, so she's done amazing things. But she, when she has lost, they have been pretty decisive and just really not even being a decisive loss but she hasn't shown much when she loses i mean that fight against marina for 
uh, example. We knew that Marina's lethal on the feet. She's one of the best Muay Thai practitioners in all, you know, the women's divisions inside the UFC. Mackenzie had been looking like she was working on her striking in terms of like training videos and whatnot. But when you get in there with someone like that, it showed that there's still so many levels that she was away from competing with Marina on the feet. And she still wasn't really setting up good takedowns. So if you can't get someone down, you can't use your jujitsu on the feet. You know what I mean? Well, unless you're uh, Jessica Andrade and you pull off a standing arm triangle, but that withstanding, you don't see it often. So what are we going to see here? Because Jan Jan is very well-rounded. She's very good at striking. She's going to want to keep this fight on the feet. But we've seen that when she's on the ground, shout out to Carla Esparza. That's still the best performance of her career, in my opinion. She dominated Jan Jan down there. Now, that's not what McKenzie does on the ground. But if she can just get it there, you have to figure she's going to get the submission finish. It's just kind of a matter of, you know, when, not if. But if it stays on the feet, it's a whole different ball game, Noah. And that's got to be where the most intrigue's coming in for this fight, right? Yeah, you definitely are nailing it right there with that analysis. I mean, you could look at Jan Jonan, her loss to Carla Esparza, who Carla's very good. She's about to fight for a title. Um, but that was like a thorough beating, which yeah. I don't know if we had ever seen Carla Esparza do. We had really been seeing Carla kind of squeak by a lot of decisions, using yeah. her great wrestling to do it. But the ground and pound in that fight, it was like, whoa. I mean, very impressive for Esparza, but then it raised a lot of questions about Nan, who I don't think was undefeated coming into that fight, but she was undefeated in the UFC. Yeah. And was looked at as like one of those, you know, Asian stars that they were looking to kind of take the reins and build on. Mm-hmm. And she got thoroughly beaten. And then she looked better against Marina Rodriguez. That was a straight right. stand-up fight. She really made a good account of herself against a very deadly Muay Thai striker and Rodriguez still came up short. I think it was a split decision, very close, but still a loss. So that's back to back now. And she's still getting a big opportunity against McKenzie Dern. This is someone ranked in front of her still Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. who does have a lot of um, popularity. You know, McKenzie very popular with the fans, but uh, you know, Dom, I, I think, for, for Zhao Nan, I, I do think that she will get the better of the exchanges on the feet. I, I don't think anybody's questioning that. And that's why the pressure falls on Mackenzie Dern to equal equalize this fight. Because we realized after the first main event, we're like, holy shit, she has lethal jiu-jitsu, but she doesn't really know how to take people down. At least that was my takeaway. Right. Marina obviously came into that fight not wanting to be taken there. That's been her Achilles heel in her mm-hmm. career. But it wasn't even like she was doing a whole lot of like great sprawling or just being like a super good anti-wrestler. She just McKenzie was just being very lazy in how she set up her takedowns. And I don't mean lazy in like I just think that she didn't really know how to do it right. Like it right. just exactly. It just, to the eyes, you know, again, we're not guys that have trained, but it just looked very sloppy. That's yeah. that's the only way. So you walk out of that with a lot of questions about how high can Mackenzie Dern really fly? Because if she can't utilize her jujitsu, she's average at best. Yeah. And and um, here with Zhao Nan, I just, I don't know what to expect. 
because it's been a while since we've seen, well, we saw McKenzie not too long. And I, Yan Zhao Nan fought last in like March or February, mm-hmm. and McKenzie fought over the summer, so it's not been too long, but this is the time to see those improvements in McKenzie's game. And if she can get this fight down and make quick work of Zhao Nan, very impressive. But easier said than done, and until I see it, I'm not going to quite believe it. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, well, and and off of that question, to wrap this discussion up, what do you make of the odds then? McKenzie minus 230, Yang coming back almost plus 2-1 to dog? I mean, that's tough when when on paper you do have such a one-dimensional fighter in McKenzie to still be that big of a favorite, you know? Yeah, that's that's the tale here for these two. McKenzie has got the best skill between the two of them in her jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she is very much, that is her bread and butter. That is what she is good at. Yeah. Everything else in her game is just not really, Up to it's par. improving, but it's not showing to be at a level where she can compete with the best. Zhao Nan, on the other hand, is one of those, kind of good at everything but not really great at anything type mm-hmm. fighters mm-hmm. i do think her stand-up might be a little bit better than i'm giving it credit for right there especially in her last fight i think she kind of proved that but overall like what does Zhao Zhanan really do that sets her apart right it's right. it's a bit of what i run into with fighters like marvin vittori or whoever where they they are very good everywhere they they will beat a lot of good fighters due to them being just very skilled at every facet of the game, well-rounded. But that's I'm having a hard time with these odds. I don't like. I don't really like the minus two thirty on Dern here. I don't. Yeah. I yeah. don't love it because again, if she gets the fight down, it's probably going to be game set match. But mm-hmm. I don't know if she can. <laughs> she, she just. It was really an eye-opening fight against Rodriguez, and we just haven't seen if she's really done better since then like we haven't seen it really yeah yeah i would agree do you so i'm guessing you don't really care for the odds either here yeah i mean again i i i have been big on mckenzie i do believe in her but you just need to see that evolution that next Mm. step so if i'm not seeing it there's no way like i would put a minus 230 mckenzie dern on a parlay no way i wouldn't do Mm. it If, if there's anything i would do and i've done this before with mckenzie it's like a double method of victory, submission, or decision. But even then, yeah. like, guys, Yan Jan on at plus 185 straight up just to win, that is very, very live in my opinion. I like – and if you want to get even a little frisky with it, Jan Nan by decision feels like a really solid yeah. bet that you could probably get for at least plus 600, plus 500, something like that. So Yeah, McKenzie never um, been finished. Her two losses, so – so I think that would be a very realistic uh, one too. But even just a straight up money line is, it's enticing. I haven't yeah. got my bets in for the weekend <laughs> yet, but yeah, yeah. it'll be something I keep my eye on. And we have more on this card to come, Dom. But we're actually going to move over into Bellator. Yes, the roundup. Yes, because that's we're talking two eighty five and two eighty six here. So we'll start with our recap portion. Bellator uh-huh. two eighty five happened last Saturday. Vincent Henderson in your main event gets the win over Peter Queeley in Ireland, in Dublin, the Mm -hmm. man's home country. Beats him thoroughly, 50-45s across the board, or I think a point was deducted, so 49-45s across the board uh, to a unanimous decision. 
And in your co-main event, Yoel Romero smashes Melvin Manhoff in his final fight of his MMA career. Uh, yeah. Gets the third round KO via elbows on the ground. Kind of reminded me of Romero's knockout of Lyoto Machida back in the day, which is less savage version of that because the yeah. Machida one's kind of scary. But <laughs> these were your two big fights on this card. Of course, the crowd. That's got to be kind of the thing we get out of the way here. I mean, Bellator should really consider just doing all their shows in Dublin. Yeah, just do was, all of them. It's an electric factory there. It, literally, it's the top. It's probably the best crowd in MMA across yeah. the board. Them, England, those are yeah. like, I mean. Yeah. Woo, they do it right? different over there. Yeah, and. They were just, they made Peter Queeley look like a freaking star. I love the zombie walkout. I'm, part of me is impartial to the Korean zombie and when he walks out to it, because that's what I saw at first. But hearing the crowd sing along to that mm-hmm. song, I already love the song. And then it yeah. comes on and the whole crowd's behind it. Chills. Yeah. Yeah. So it, this crowd really added to the event, which otherwise, I mean, it was fine. It was a fine event. Uh, did what did you think of these two top fights? You know, was there anything that kind of stood out? Was there anything that was like, oof, uh, I don't know about that. I mean, I think Benson Henderson getting that win in a main event spot over Peter uh, Queeley in Ireland is a big deal because it had looked like Benson was, for the most part, on his way out. You know, that, that's yeah, three, just kind of a three fight losing streak coming. Yeah, and, and you know he's getting older. He hasn't had a ton of success in Bellator in recent years. Peter Queeley's still in his prime, a very good fighter. They've been putting him in main events. Um, the poor guy's lost two back to back main events, I think, in Ireland, which yep. is tough, man, yep. to do that. Um, but he's putting asses in the seats clearly, and they want to be there and see him fight, which is awesome. But for Benson to do that said a lot, especially as decisive as it was. And then for Yoel, I mean, the combined age in this fight was 91 years old, so that does play a factor. But did it really – was it going to play out any other way? It just felt like there was still so much more that Yoel has to give Mm -hmm. as compared to Melvin. But it sucks to see someone go out that badly in their, you know, final fight of their career. But they gave him a nice send-off. He had his time in the cage. I really enjoyed the send-off, though, because – Melvin Manhoff is a legend for sure, yeah. but he's someone that never fought in UFC. So therefore many of your fans today, including for a long time, me and you Dom unfamiliar with the man's work, but he yeah. is, I mean, his very first professional fight was in 1995. Me and you <sighs> not even born yet when that yeah. happened. So, yeah. I mean, a great career. He's had some great fights through many of the promotions that have came and went and, um, it was a proper send-off, but I do – I questioned the matchmaking. I believe you did too when yeah. this fight was made. Yeah. yeah, I get it, the age similar, but uh, hello, Yoel Romero is he's still – He's not he's, human. He's still a beast, and Melvin yeah. has been a bit feeling the age for years now. I mean, people have been – kind of saying he's not been the same fighter for, I feel like, a decade at this point. Yeah. So I enjoyed seeing the send off. Like he was very emotional, obviously, and the crowd did a really good job of making it feel like if this would have been a crowd in like the United States, like a like a UFC crowd, and like I I hate to say it, Dom, but if it was Columbus, I'm not sure if he would have got that kind of. I shouldn't yeah. use us. 
even like if it was Vegas, Long Island. Well, even yeah, Long Island. Or if it was like Vegas, no. or, if it was San Diego, <laughs> San Diego, which of course in German means a whale's vagina. But yeah, like any of those crowds, I don't think they would really resonate with that moment as much. Yeah. They probably still, you know, Columbus very respectful. I think they still would have gave him a shine, but there in Dublin, it really made it feel like a big deal. And I just wonder why did Bellator want that fight so badly? They met, they tried to match those two up like multiple times. Yeah, I know. I well, and did the fight really deliver? Like, I mean, no. Yeah, <laughs> it right. delivered a finish, and it was a pretty brutal one. But I mean. It went the way I thought it would. Melvin is a fantastic kickboxer, but has always struggled with wrestlers. Yoel Romero is a freak in nature, yeah. but a world-class wrestler and just took him down at will. He's much bigger than Melvin, and by round three, he finally got the ground and pound going and put him away pretty quickly. So was, for all the work that Bellator did to get this fight made, like just over and over rebooking it, I think it had turned out to be exactly what we all thought it'd be. Yeah, and it, that question kind of goes into what I was going to ask you because it's like, did they just want that fight made so badly because they just wanted Yoel to get another win? Because what do you think they do with Yoel? Because obviously his career, the transition to Bellator didn't start the way they wanted with all the kind of stuff that went on when he first signed. But now he has won two back-to-back fights, both third-round pretty brutal finishes, but what can you actually do with a 45-year-old Yoel Romero still? Can you, can Bellator, I mean, can they? Yes, of course they can. It's their organization. But do they, maybe is the word I should use, do they try and get him up there to the title, Noah? That's what I want to know. Well, I think that they hope that he can get to that point. I mean, I think that's what he wants to do, too. I think he wants to make one last run at that title. Well, I think in the lead-up to this fight, he said that he plans to fight until he's 49 or something like that. And that's four more year. years. So, you know, but I do think that in terms of this run with Bellator, we're kind of in the the prime of it, I guess. Or this yeah. is like really it. Like this is, he's going to go, if he, once he loses, you might get one more and then they, that might be it. But this is like the, where momentum's going to be at its highest for him right now. Yeah. Two wins, two finishes. So Yoel has talked about dropping back down to 185. He's saying that he wants to go for middleweight, that, you know, these light heavyweights can rest easy, basically, that he's going to be leaving the division. The man is 45 years old. He is a freak of nature. He does not look 45 years old. But, Dominic, we know that what they say is when you get older, it gets harder to cut weight. Yeah, UL has had a hell of a time making 185 when he was five years younger. So I don't love the idea of him going to 185. I think that that's just going to lead to more kind of these weird incidents popping up in his fights. I think there's a great chance if he goes to 185, he fucking misses weight or something. Yeah, we've seen it before. So You know, how can you really put that guy in a middleweight title fight? like the UFC did back in the day multiple times and him miss failed to make it on the scales. So I feel right. like for him, he should stick at 205. I mean, I'd love to see him fight guys like Vadim Nemkov and Corey Anderson. Corey Anderson, that's an interesting like, fight. I don't know how well he does at this point, but I would love to see him give it a try for right. sure. Right, so, yeah, I agree. 
And I will say for Benson, I don't want to, you know, I, I didn't, I don't want to not say anything about it, but um, it was a good win for him. He looked good. I don't really know what you do with him, truthfully. He called out the two guys fighting for the lightweight title mm. in Chicago, by the way, that where we're going to be at. So he's kind of wanting to get a title shot. Um, don't really think that's what you're going to get. Or maybe, I don't know if he was really calling for a title shot. Or maybe he wants the loser of that fight. I wouldn't hate it if he fought the loser, but I, I, I also don't think it's a very winnable fight either way for him. So, um, But I was surprised at how one-sided this fight was, to be honest with you. Yeah, and could you see a world in maybe, say, Benson wants one more fight? Could Bellator give him a title in his swan song, maybe? They could. He's fought for the he's fought for the title twice before. He's yeah. came up short both times, but he is a former UFC lightweight champion. So yeah. kind of, it'd be cool for him to go out with the, the chance. Yeah, you know, he was a UFC champion. He left a Bellator champion. That would be cool because Benson, we're coming up pretty close. I'm sure to Benson being a longer tenured Bellator fighter than he was a UFC fighter. Wow, so, that's crazy. I don't know the exact dates but i know i was seeing some people on twitter talk about that so uh, it would be kind of a shame for a guy who had a lot of hype when he came into bellator who was such a good fighter when he came into bellator to never hold the big one you know yeah. i feel like he's been there he's been very close but um if he didn't get it back then i don't really see him getting it now especially when you got guys like usman Nurmagomedov and uh, i mean even patricky pitbull i think would give him a really hard time it's it's not an easy division. 155 is so stacked no matter what freaking promotion yeah. you're in. Very true. Uh, but let's get into the preview portion of this Bellator roundup. Bellator 286, Dominic. The probably biggest card of the year. For I would Bellator. agree. Yeah. Um, I'm a little bit impartial to our Chicago card that we're going to. But... Admittedly, this is literally your two biggest fighters in the promotion, Patricio Pitbull and AJ McKee, on the same card, are one and one against each other, and they're not fighting each other. So that's kind of an interesting yeah, little yeah. note here. But it's got great fights underneath it. But I, I and I'm not saying this to call you out, but I'm only saying this because I think it really. Oh no! Let's let's make a point here. Yeah, you know, because I think that this is a good. Like I thought, you bringing that up proves our point. We just said all of that. Biggest card of their year. Their two biggest fighters in their promotion fighting on the same card. Mm-hmm. Dominic Lilly told me he's like I was preparing for the podcast earlier today, and that's how I found out that there was a Bellator card this weekend. Yeah. Only yeah. reason I knew was because they mentioned it on the broadcast last Saturday, but. If you didn't watch last Saturday, I don't know how you would know there's a card going on this weekend because I've seen nothing. 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 And it's I just crazy, dude. It's crazy. And I get it. The gap between the UFC and Bellator is so much bigger than it was even a few years ago. Like the UFC is just boom, taken off. Yeah. And Bellator stuck in the mud. That was such a good sound. <laughs> I'm gonna have to clip that and use it on a soundboard. <laughs> yeah. But uh you put that in your uh what? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what? Um But like I get it. They're they are the B tier promotion. Mm-hmm. 
But there's no excuses here, in my opinion. You have Showtime behind you, CBS Sports, all that, and you can't, like, do anything to try to promote this fight. Like, Scott Coker, I know, has a lot of respect with his fighters. Like, he's a very... He seems to be maybe a little bit more easier to get along with than, like, a Dana White, but, um, like... He feels like he's asleep at the wheel, like right now. Like what? Mm-hmm. These are these is a big card for them, and nothing. Yeah, I, and it's always kind of been this way, man. But again, you're having Patricio Pitbull defend his title. You're having AJ McKee make his debut at lightweight against the biggest star in the company, Spike <laughs> Carlisle. Um, and you've got a stacked uh, main card in general. I mean, Aaron Pico's on this card against Jeremy Kennedy. Uh, Juan Archuleta, former champions fighting. I mean, this is an awesome main card. Guys, this podcast is essentially a part-time job, right? We put a lot of hours into it. We take a lot of notes, research, mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. The fact that I didn't know, when I'm so heavily indulged in the MMA space and community, YouTube videos every day, I'm all I see is MMA Twitter and fantasy football Twitter. Like, that's all I see on Twitter. And there's nothing I did not know until I went to take notes for today's show. That's not good, man. That's not good. You have to market and promote these events, man. And that is the probably biggest reason that the PFL is number two for us because Mm -hmm. they do do good promotions. Yes, they're making big signings right now. Yes, they do the season and it's way different, but they are making themselves stand out from the crowd and that's why they've overtaken uh, for me as a fan and as a a podcaster here they really have completely and just to put it in perspective when patricio and aj mckee had their first fight that was uh last summer yeah like in july it was going up against a ufc fight night headlined by uriah hall and sean strickland yeah okay yeah i'm pretty sure that UFC fight night, which was a weak one. It was a weak fight night. I think had like four or five times the viewership of that Bellator card. That's crazy. That's crazy. I could be wrong on the numbers, but it was like a start. I mean, it was a, and that shows you the levels, right? Like, of that's, course. Right. And I, I mean, but the fact that I, I, I do think part of it's just the UFC machine is just so much bigger than even the PFL than, Bellator and won anything. But I also think that some of it falls on the promotion of it because there was none. And yeah. that was one, probably one of the biggest fights in the history in terms of just like pure skill. I know that rivalry's kind of faded since because the second fight was kind of a weird one and now they're just not going to do it again. But at the time, it felt like one of the biggest fights Bellator had ever done. Yeah, and see, I was gonna, I was gonna give them a little leeway and say, well, they're behind a paywall, right? You have to have Showtime. Well, how do you watch UFC fight nights? You have to have ESPN Plus. So, like, you can't even use it's, that as like an Showtime's excuse. like ten bucks a month. Like, it's not that much of a difference because now you ESPN Plus has went up, right? It's yeah, it's gonna be ten, I think, in January. So. so, and I don't see that they're, I don't see their numbers dropping too much. From no, move. no, like. I I just it's so disappointing, but uh, maybe the fact that we it feels like no matter how much people talk about it or we talk about it, 
it doesn't change. Maybe it's just it, you're just never going to see it unless it's in under different ownership. I I don't right. know. It's I'm I'm shocked that Showtime is continuing to hold on to this property. It kind of feel like a sales coming, in my opinion. I just I know. Like, are they getting the return to even go through putting Bellator <laughs> right. on their platform? Yeah. But maybe that's why there there is. Maybe there's just no no expense that they're really willing yeah. to give for marketing because it's like, well, you guys don't make us anything. So yeah, maybe. I don't know, but I'm not giving excuses here. It just it's 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 a shame, really. It is. But, it is. Yeah. But let's focus on the positives. We're getting great fights here. <laughs> yes. Yes. True. So your main event, Patricio Pitbull, looking to defend his now regained featherweight title. I believe this is like his third or fourth featherweight title reign. And he's going up against Adam Boric, number two ranked in the division. And just underneath him on the card, the number one ranked guy in the division, AJ McKee, is making his debut at lightweight. He is moving up a weight class. And Dominic, he's taking on our guy. Spike Carlisle. So when you evaluate these two matchups, I mean, I think we, I, I think for this show, like the way we are, the way we get invested in these weird fighters, who really aren't even <laughs> like, they don't feel like big players. We have to start with Spike versus McKee here because Spike is in a, the biggest spot. Oh yeah. By his far. Career. Probably the bit we never would have thought we'd see him in this kind of position. He's on the fucking poster. I mean, yes, I never is. thought I'd see Spike Carlisle on a fight poster. That's no disrespect to him. It's just like, I don't know. It just it feels like it came out of nowhere. Yeah. But realistically, we, we can love that he's in this spot. He's fighting AJ freaking McKee. Yeah. And I, I have no doubt that Spike Carlisle is going to bring it. But what are his, does he really have a chance here? That's That's the question. He is a plus three forty underdog. So that actually surprised. I'm actually surprised that it's not more. He's actually a less underdog than Jeremy Kennedy against Aaron Pico, which I found and was a bit. Inter- I think that's. I think that's crazy. But yeah, yeah. I, I'm just. But uh, anyways, I'll let you continue. Uh, but I. I mean, this is the fight I'm most excited for for the weekend. Um, I think it's going to be very fun. AJ McKee uh, is a guy that is just. A phenomenal fighter. He's one of the best fighters in the world, regardless of promotion. Um, he's very well rounded. He's super skilled. He's eighteen and one. Every single fight that he's ever had as a professional has been in Bellator. He's been born and molded into what he is today with that company. Spike Carlisle, the complete opposite. My favorite stat of the whole weekend on my notes this week. He's on a five fight win streak. They're all via finish. And every one of those wins has been in a different organization. Now, my man <laughs> Spike, don't settle. He's all over the map, baby. Hilarious. Has he really fought that much since he left the UFC? He has not stopped fighting since he left. He left the UFC. His last fight was November of 2020, and he's on a five-fight win streak since then. Wow, and this he's is been out of the UFC fight. that long. Huh. I didn't yeah. realize that. That's crazy. <laughs> and I mean, the, the the dude is just in fun fights. Win or lose, he's going to go out on his shield. And I think he's going to bring it to AJ McKee. And I don't think a lot of people have been able to do that because they kind of get stuck in the mud. AJ's just leaps and bounds ahead. And don't get me wrong. AJ is the better fighter here. But maybe, just maybe, that dog and spike is going to be enough to at least make this closer than what the odds say, than what the people say. Of course, I'm probably leaning toward AJ, but I'm not counting out Spike. What do you think? 
I just want to know if you're going to put money on Spike. Put your money where your mouth is. I mean, plus three forty is awful juicy. I this mean, is your, a, this is your guy. You know, it might be worth the sprinkle. Now I may just do it for fun. You I'm definitely, I'm definitely uh, putting you on the spot. But we'll, we'll keep that one off the best slip. It'll be a- <laughs> yeah. so. I guess when I when I'm when I'm evaluating this matchup, I was not a big fan of it being put together. Admittedly, I just. Look, I like Spike Carlisle a lot. He's a very fun fighter. But I just didn't understand why AJ McKee, even though he's in a new weight class, hasn't fought at lightweight, but you why is this his entry way? Like this feels like almost like a boxing. They could easily put him up with the top five guy. Yeah, like what like I get I don't I don't really get it, right? Like I guess it's so he can get a win. That's kind of the the thought process, but AJ McKee could probably compete with most of the top of the lightweight division, would maybe even win the title right now for all we know. So he does have some questions to answer, though. His last performance was interesting. Yeah. It wasn't great. Him and Patricio Pitbull, it was a fine fight, but it was just so weird to see AJ just not... Like, Patricio, we knew, was still very good. But the way McKee beat him in the first fight, he really... He was he was patient, but it only took him like two and a half minutes or three minutes in that first round, and he found the shot and just put him away. Right, right. And then in the second fight, he seemed to just not be that guy. Like, he just seemed different, didn't have that kind of patience, but also wasn't picking his shots that well. And Patricio did enough with those slip-ups to kind of maximize – his opportunity in the fight and got his hand raised and got his yeah. title back. So it feels like it really stunted the development of AJ McKee, or I guess the the trajectory of AJ McKee, who going into that fight was hinting at maybe going to the UFC and wanting matchups with Volkanovsky and Holloway. And we were even talking on this show, you know, how many featherweights in the UFC was AJ McKee better than, and yeah. now coming off of this, now I'm hearing people do the opposite, where they're like, I don't think he could beat a single top 15 featherweight. So he's got a lot of haters that he's got to sort of answer for here. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of the right matchup to do it, if I'm being honest, because I think Spike is going to bring out something exciting in McKee. But it could be to the point where he's in a dogfight and then there might be more questions. But... I have a feeling that he's going to make pretty quick work yeah. of Spike Carlisle. That That is what I'm thinking. But I do hope Spike can put up a pretty decent account for himself here. Um, we got to talk about the title fight, too, of course. Patricio looking to defend against Adam Boric. Adam Boric had a great fight back to start our year against Mads Burnell. Yeah. And uh, Mads Burnell did lose last weekend, but Adam Boric... Looked great there, and he sort of quietly just rose to the top here, and yeah. now he gets an opportunity against Pitbull. So I think a lot of people, um, Borch is only a plus 128, which is kind of surprising to me. Mm-hmm. But I also think that, you know, we do have to wonder how long can Pitbull keep fighting at this level, at this championship level. Yeah. So I thought there'd be more people underestimating Borch due to just the lack of exposure, the lack of like real marquee wins. But the guy's very solid, very good. Yeah. And he, I would not be shocked if he went in here and beat Patricio Pitbull. Yeah, man. I mean, he's 18 and one, nine and one in Bellator. He's won four in a row. 
they've all went the distance, which nece- not necessarily is good or bad, but it just shows that he's not going to wear, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he's not going to get tired. Now, this is a five-round fight. He's been in one, though. You know, that fight with Mads Burnell was a main event, if I'm not mistaken, because mm-hmm. um, it was one of the most surprising fights of the year uh, for 2022 thus far. So I think he can weather storms, but can he weather a storm from Patricio Pitbull? I think that's going to be the biggest question here um, because, yes, he has a lot of experience in Bellator in general, but no one in Bellator has the experience that Pitbull has. This dude, what is it, 26 fights in the company alone, 38 in total as a professional. The guy has some of the most fights out of everyone in this company. But Noah said, how much longer can he go? He's only 35, but fight years mean more than you know actual age and whatnot. Uh, Adam's going to be six years younger, five inches taller, five-inch reach advantage. Everything's leaning in his favor. It's just a matter if he can show up under the brightest lights that he's ever been under. Mm-hmm. We got more on this card to come, but we're going to transition into some more recapping of Dana White's Contender Series. Dominic, it's over. Uh, Season yeah. six in the books, week nine and ten. That's it. It's done. Yeah, pain. So we we are recapping the last two weeks here. Uh, a lot that happened. You had ten fights, ten contract winners. Um, anybody that stood out? Anybody? <laughs> Any anybody at all that stood out to you here? Uh nah, they were all just kind of whatever. No, I mean, listen, two of the three biggest storylines of the entire season were the last two weeks. <laughs> Week nine was uh, Raul Rosas Jr., seventeen years old from Mexico, gets the win, becomes the youngest fighter in UFC history. What was Vitor when he started many moons ago? 19, if I'm not mistaken. He was like 19, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So he beat that by two years in 2022. It's absolutely insane. He showcased such high-level fight IQ. I'm not even going to say grappling or how he got the fight down there. His fight IQ was so impressive to be that young. And the biggest... Like, not the biggest, the craziest thing that happened in that fight. Flying knee, transition straight into a takedown. One of the nastiest things I've seen this whole year in mixed martial arts. That was so crazy. I've never seen anybody else do that. He's 17 years old. And, of course, week 10, it belongs to Bo Nickel. But Bo Nickel's already made waves seven weeks ago in week three. He does it again here, 52 seconds nasty left hand essentially knocks out donovan beard he kind of wakes up comes to when he hits the ground so bo nickel goes down and then gets a submission i mean this guy noah he's three and oh he's a problem he should get a I, they're not gonna do it but he should absolutely fight a rank fighter in his debut oh he should but they they won't do it but yeah. dude this guy I will be I'm gonna be very curious to see how they push him along. Yeah. Yeah. How quickly or are they gonna really like take their time, you know, because he's calling for the big ones. He's calling for he a called fight out Hamzat. With Hamzat. Yeah. <laughs> so crazy. the fact that he wants that and even like his manager has went on like the ringer MMA show before and been like, I gotta tell him to like slow down. Yeah. He's like, he's not the one that wants to pick easier fights. Like, I'm the one that wants him to pick yeah, easier yeah. fights. 
Um, yeah, it's just, it's so crazy. You don't see it much anymore when a guy mm. comes in and is that fresh in the MMA, but looks that polished, that yeah, well-rounded. Man. Mm. Uh, so it's definitely something that's going to, that, that hype's going to keep growing. He's really going to be a star here before we oh, know it. I think so. And Raul Rose says, I don't know what the future holds for him. It's definitely going to be very interesting to have a guy. By the time he makes his UFC debut, he'll probably be 18. Hopefully. The dude had to have his parents sign a waiver. I I think he's like two or three months away from being 18. So I I don't expect to see him at 17 fighting in an actual UFC octagon. But um, either way, it's still remarkable that he he looked very well-rounded and very Mm -hmm. polished. Like uh, everything I just said about nickel not to that extent but like right. for being that young he didn't it's, show a whole lot of flaws man and his ground game is exceptional so they definitely there's definitely three big names that have been kind of pulled from this season and bo nickel and raul rosas and then joe piper in episode one so and of course joe already made good on the debut with a nasty that's knockout true. that's so. true and there's definitely going to be more from this crop Oh yeah, that are going to stand out, and some will, you know, fade away pretty quickly. But uh, it was a good season, and and that shows. Like, I know I gave a little bit of crap last season for the amount of contracts given, and this season it was even more. I think I don't they know broke if the, the record was was it okay? It was forty three contracts in ten yeah. weeks. So basically, what that means is, and by the way. Four of the the winners that didn't get contracts were in the first week. So yeah, yeah, um, that shows you that literally almost every winner got a contract this season. And truthfully, though, I don't know how many I would have not given a contract to. Like, yeah, almost everyone who got one, I felt like was deserving of it. So yeah. You know, when you put it like that, I think that shows the quality of this show. Even as it keeps going, you know, you you wonder when you get to, like, the late season six, you know, they've been doing it for six years, how much talent is really still there to pull from. But they keep, they it, nature finds a way. Well, and Dana, you know, acted even more excited now because he's like, you know, Canada's opening back up. They can have shows again. Mm-hmm. Australia's opening back up. They can have shows again. So they're going to be able to pull those guys from those regional shows. So he's looking, you know, on to bigger and better for season seven. I definitely do think it's kind of cool because now we can almost, and you can't necessarily compare seasons. There's so many fighters and things that move, mm-hmm. but it does feel like we got to discuss season five all the way through on this podcast. Now season six. And it does feel like the, the higher quality, bigger storylines better fighters did come out of season six as compared to last year we had numerous Mm -hmm. conversations last year about well should they have given out those conversations this season i don't know if we ever had that conversation in 10 weeks yeah that's very true very true but yeah it was a really good season it makes me excited and miss it already and i want to see season seven right now and now our tuesdays are open but anyway (laughs) Uh, let's get into some headlines dom Mm -hmm, mm-hmm mm-hmm just from around the MMA world, and we got a little bit of everybody here. So let's start with the great King of Rio, Jose Aldo. Yeah, wow. This ha- this was, of course, happening like right when we decided to take the week. You know, we had the off week without a UFC event. Yeah, so, of, of course. course, it happens like right <laughs> then. Uh, so we're a little late on this one. But Jose Aldo has retired from MMA. Um, mm. This one caught me off guard. It really yeah. did. Yeah. And it kind of makes what Marab 
said after the fight resonate a little more with me mm-hmm. where he said that Jose told him like, what was the wording? It was like, I'm just not that, I guess I'm not that guy anymore or something right. like that. Yeah. And, you know, I just figure, you know, someone kind of just in the heat of the moment, right. Emotional. Yeah. Um, that's what Dana had to say by the way about like Kevin Holland announced his retirement on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Which I, I know some people aren't really buying, but that's what Dana kind of said. Like he had worked on his wrestling so hard and then he got beat mm-hmm. that way by Hamza. But Jose seems pretty serious about this one. Uh, do you think yeah. that this retirement A is going to stick and B just... I just want you to kind of talk about your memories of Jose Aldo. Like, how do you kind of look at his career now that it might be set in stone? Yeah, I mean, obviously a huge shout-out. He also... They had welcomed a newborn baby last week, mm-hmm. so it literally, like, all happened within the span of, like, 24 hours. Um, but he's a legend. What what other what better word to describe Jose Aldo than legend? I mean, a sp- and, and a pioneer for the lower weight classes for the little guys. You know, pour one out for the little guys because mm-hmm. he was one of the OGs at 145. Look what he did at 135 in the UFC, made a run for titles, um, all the title defenses in those you know WEC days. He comes over here, defends the belt seven times, still the most that we've ever seen in this division. Um, Alexander Volkanovsky even going out and saying he's still the GOAT. I'm chasing him, but he's still there right now. I think it says a lot. Max still calls him the GOAT, and he's be- that's a guy that's beat Jose twice. So the respect that Jose Aldo has compared to others is just astronomical. I don't know if there's a more respected fighter like right now, and of course that is just retired, than Jose Aldo. Everybody loves this guy. There's never been a bad thing. You know, that's came out about this guy, almost said said about this guy, but Connor said a lot of mean things. But even Connor behind the mask has shown respect to Jose. Well, he put out a tweet saying a lot of nice things about Jose, so it's it's crazy. And that's a guy that knocked out Jose in 13 seconds, yet still holds him in such high regard. Yeah, so so it just it shows a lot. Um, Obviously, first ballot Hall of Famer for the UFC. Uh, When me and Noah create the MMA Hall of Fame, first ballot Hall of Famer to get into there, I mean – you just can't say enough about this guy. I think it stinks a little bit that we don't get to see him go out in Brazil mm-hmm. in January. Part of me's kind of like holding out. Like, did Jose ever actually put out and say it? Like, I, I guess he kind of has, and he announced the baby. But I don't know. I just he never directly addressed it. He's not been doing media about it. So. Little dab of me. Yeah, I thought it was. Out. I thought it was his manager. Or yeah, coach that said I, it. Right? Something like that came out. So a guy can dream, but if it is all said and done, I mean, one of the most illustrious careers in the history of this wonderful sport. Yeah, he went undefeated for ten years back in the day. Yeah, I, I that's mean, just insane, a crazy dude. streak. And you know what's what I kind of respect about this move is it's one of the only times that a guy's retired when he still had something left. Make no yeah, mistake. Yeah, that's true. His final fight was nothing to write home about. Wasn't a great showing. Wasn't a great fight. But Jose, it's very rare that a guy goes out before the wheels come off. Right. Habib did it. GSP did it. That's kind of the list. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. To be honest with you, like, there's not too many more who left and still a good position in the sport. And Jose's done that here. He was still very much a top five bantamweight, and yes. you know the fact that we'll never see fights with like 
Dominic Cruz. It's like tough. It's tough. Yeah. I wanted that fight. But, that would have been so perfect to do. But, you know, I do respect it, though. You know, yes. there are things bigger than this sport. And that man just had he, his family's really been started. He's married. He's got a, I believe, married, but he's got a child now. And, um, yeah, hats off to him, man. What a career. Exactly. Next up, Eddie Alvarez, former UFC lightweight champion. He's been fighting for 1FC for the last couple of years. Well, they have announced that the the two parties have split. Mm-hmm. There's been a divorce, Dom, and Eddie Alvarez is moving on from 1FC. Are you surprised by this? Um, No. I mean, it was obviously not like a bad breakup or anything like that. It seemed to be pretty mutual. They just parted ways, right? But... uh. They I, just, I can't they, help. They, they just they drifted apart. They just yeah. You know, the long, well, it was the distance. It was long distance. You know. Or yeah, something. and and dare I say, Eddie wants to see other people because. <laughs> come on, guys! Did you see the tweet? We all saw the tweet. I hope we all saw the tweet. the 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 same day that this all got announced, PFL tweeted out. You know that meme of the dude with the yellow suit and he's peeking behind the tree? Yeah. They tweeted that out when they announced I actually the didn't see split. that. <laughs> yes. So, uh, I mean, I'm I'm all for it, you know. I mean, Eddie's one of the OG uh, Bellator fighters from many, yep. many years ago. So, like, he's kind of been everywhere except the World Series of Fighting slash now PFL. And, Noah, we're about to talk about it, and I guess we can sort of transition. I'll still get your thoughts, but... They have one spot on that main car that says TBA versus TBA. And I'm just saying it's in New York. Eddie's that Pennsylvania guy's from that region. He's main evented in Madison wow. Square Garden before. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That's wow, Dom. You actually kind of blew me away there. I, <laughs> I had not thought that much into it. I really hadn't. And I, I love it. I, mean, I think that'd be awesome. Come on. Sign, sign me up. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, obviously his run with one was kind of weird. Didn't go too well. I think he went zero and two or something like that. Mm-hmm. He, you know, him he had and that. DJ, wasn't there like a controversial? There was that thing? one where he, I think he got DQ. It was a knee. Or it was something? he need a down opponent and they DQ'd him or something. I, but one you can't. I, I don't. <laughs> I forget what it was on the very first one on TNT card or yeah, one of the yeah. first ones. And you know, him and DJ were sort of brought in to kind of bring an American audience with them. DJ's obviously, I think, done a pretty good job of that. At least he's been a very good fighter for them. And Eddie, it just never really worked, man. They, it just yeah. unfortunate. Uh, but I do, I would like to believe that he's still got something left. And right, I would love to see him in PFL. I, I would love that. One and, last run. You know, maybe that spot on the main card for that championship fight that might be reserved for Clarissa Shields. Uh, she do that. She does have a boxing uh, fight coming up October seventeenth. Apparently, the negotiations for that PFL fight will happen after that. Kind of that's assuming. that's a month later to turn around. Yeah. That's crazy, so, man. Yeah. So I don't know what's going to happen with that, but I think I'd rather see Eddie Alvarez fight on that card. So, hey, he could, one last chance for the guy. Million dollars going into next year, lightweight division. Put him on that card to showcase him. I mean, granted, anybody can lose, but still. And we'll, we're about to talk about that. Yeah, and the PFL championships were announced today. It will <laughs> yes. be one night. Oh, Dominic, boy. they're going to make it a little easier uh, on us. They're no. going to make it a little easier. Uh, 
because it's going to be on ESPN Plus pay per view. They just got to go. So basically, we will be paying money to be like, please don't put us through that (laughs) pacing ever again. Yes. And I am happily, I would have, I don't know what the tip, the price is going to be on this. They haven't, I'll pay it. (laughs) I don't care if it's $250. (laughs) I don't know why that was the number that came to mind, but yeah, $250, take it. Please don't ever make me watch your card for 12 hours ever again. Thank you very much. Um, but, well, there are a couple things to talk about this card. So first off, Shane Burgos versus Marlon Marais is wow. apparently going to be put on this card. I'm very shocked. I can't believe they did it. I, can't. I mean, <laughs> when, when we were talking about why we didn't love the Marlon Marais signing, Dominic was literally saying, look at Shane Burgos, and now look at Marlon Marais. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look at the size differences between these two. And the PFL said, sign me up. And <laughs> oh, they, man. And they put those two together. Um, don't love it, but I no. mean, I, I, I can't deny that it doesn't, it's not a big fight for, oh, that, yeah. for that pay-per-view. Uh, it's headlined by Kayla Harrison, Larissa Pacheco three part, mm-hmm. part trace. Mm-hmm. Um, my question though, let's get serious about this. Okay. Is it the right move to do this on pay-per-view? <sighs> there. I, they're they're testing the waters, right? I think. I guess the question is: Is it the right card to test it with your championship card? That's true. That's true. Because this is the card that ideally you do want the most people to tune into. But now you are putting it behind a, a paywall, right? Because they've been having their cards on ESPN the network that you haven't had to watch on ESPN Plus. Now you are going to have to have ESPN Plus. Now you're going to have to buy a pay per view. It's it's a bit of a leap. It's a bit of a gamble. Um, I, I feel like it's not necessarily a bad decision, but I think it would be better if they waited to like mm. stack and make that pay-per-view super fight crap or whatever that they're wording it as for next year. Yeah. Like competitively, it is a stacked card. Right? Oh, I mean, yeah. Like, what? Six title fights. And then yeah. you got the Marais, uh, uh, Burgos fight, but it may be Clarissa Shields or Eddie Alvarez or whoever on yeah. there as well. But I think there's a really good chance this event's going to flop. Oh, that, that'd be a shame. And I would, and I just would hate for that yeah. to happen because mm-hmm. the momentum for the PFL is really high right now. Yes. And I think that if they had just stuck to, if they would have just split it up over two, two days. Yep. And did it on ESPN plus like finish the year normal or yeah. do ESPN network, whatever they could do. It's hard football season. You know, it's tough. Yeah, but I think that that would have been a lot of momentum they could have used going into the next season to then potentially do a cyborg uh, Kayla fight. Instead, you're going you're going right now. You're committing right now, and we we don't know if Kayla Harrison can really be a pay per view main eventer. She's gonna have to carry this really on her shoulders. Yeah, we love Burgos, we love Marais, we love a lot of these fighters on here. But you know, but. They're not pay-per-view. They're not going to be selling big-time pay-per-views. Yeah, yeah, and I, I mean, I am really intrigued at what the price is going to be. Again, it's it's the PFL championships. So we're going to be watching, mm-hmm. but like you look at a UFC pay-per-view, they're seventy-five dollars. It's a big chunk of change. This this is PFL, right? It's number three. Yeah, it's borderline. We say it's number two though, and that's all that matters. 
But there's six title fights. You've got your two big signees fighting each other. Are they going to tread a little bit too pricey? Or are they going to? So, okay. okay. I mean, I, I don't, don't know. Don't say a number. Don't say a number. Because okay. here's, what, here's what we're going to do. Okay. I'm going to count down three, two, one. And okay. then as soon as I say one, we're going to say what we think the price is going to be. Okay. Do you have a number? Yeah. All right. Three. Two, one. $30. $30. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is, I just changed in my head last second, too. I that. did, too. I was going to say 25 <laughs> That's what I was going to say. <laughs> that's crazy. Oh, boy. That's good but stuff. That's, that's, around an, that's an acceptable price, I think. Oh, yeah. I, I, I think so. Now, if they come out and say 50 I'm going to be like, y'all are fucking stupid. I mean, we'll get it, but then you could be talking flop. Yeah, I guess I shouldn't be calling them stupid because I'm going to be buying it. So I'm stupid. We're stupid. I'm going to feel like I'm buying the Challenger series again through Fubo (laughs) TV, you know, and I'll probably forget to cancel it. And then all of a sudden I'm paying for like $100 worth of Fubo. It's not good. But I digress. I'm excited for the card. I like. I like everything about it. Jeremy Stevens also going to be on it, by the way, on the prelims. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. But uh, in one of those feature fights, you know. Gotcha. I gotcha. But um, I think it's a risk. I do. I do. And, and I, I have to bring up one more thing. I know you said it's pay-per-view. They're going to have to churn through. But at the end of the day, we have six five-round fights. And I'm just saying... <laughs> It could be disastrous. That's all I'm saying. Dom, but I'm not. The Dom, odds of having six title fights all go the distance is got that. That'd be a heck of a parlay. But why would you say that? I'm just because I now it's to. gonna. Happen. I had I had to bring it up. I had to bring it up. Look, imagine plus two other fights on the main card. I still have nightmares about last season's championship card. Now, good card, like a lot of great fights on it. But I kid you not, it started at like 4 p.m. It went till midnight. It wasn't done till midnight. Eight hours. I mean, that was a grind to get through that. And like they had three of the championship fights on the prelims. And I'm like, (laughs) what's happening here? At least they're all in the main card this time. It was a little weird. Look, it's just, oh, God. It's giving me a headache thinking about it. Let's move on. Okay. Uh, let's get into the rest because the rest. we got more fights to talk about here. UFC Vegas 61, co-main event, Randy Brown, friend of the show. Shout out Great. to Randy. Huge shout out. Yeah. Taking on Francisco Trinaldo, the man who doesn't age. Trinaldo has been on a good little streak here, but is in his 40s, correct? Yes, he is. Um, he's Where is it? He's 44 now. There's yeah, a 12-year gap here. Yeah, Randy Brown, definitely in the prime of his career right now, has looked very good in his he last has. few fights. Yeah. Uh, that one-arm submission was terrific, and then he looked great against Chaos Williams. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think Randy's really putting it together. But Trinaldo just he's a tough guy to really solve. He just He's a big, bulky dude, but he's got a great jiu-jitsu, and he's durable as shit. And... It's a, it's a, and he's a veteran, of course. So he's got a lot of, he's just got a lot of experience. I think th- one of the things that's let Randy Brown down at times in his career has been his lack of fight IQ at times, maybe. Yeah. And, and here, 
he'll be going up against a guy who's got a really high fight IQ. Um, but I do think he has the tools to get this one done. Yeah, this is a really fascinating fight. Again, the 12-year age gap. Randy's going to be six inches taller, eight-inch wow. reach advantage. Wow! Yeah, I mean, I the, to see that he's minus 325 betting favorite, that's what I was waiting to scroll across. And he has been putting it all together, man. Better than he's ever looked. More well-rounded than he's ever looked. He's clearing up, cleaning up the holes in his game. Trinaldo, though, is just, he. you can't put the guy away. He's so durable. And to, the fact that he's 44 and is so active, these are two of the most active guys on the roster going up against one another. But Francisco's doing it at 44 years old. He's 18 and 7 in the company. He's coming in on two wins in a row, Noah. Mm-hmm. That You can't put the guy away. Uh, I mean, I, this is a very interesting fight. It's not easy for Randy Brown, but I do envision a world that he gets it done and inches his way closer to a top 15 fight. It's got to come for him soon, hopefully. It's not going to come easy. Tornado's no. an animal, man. No, but this is the kind of fight he needs to win to show he's ready for top 15. Yeah, yeah. Uh, lastly, for UFC, how about this? Brendan Allen taking oh. on the fight where all exciting fighters go to die, and that's against Christoph Jocko. Uh, no, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, add him to the list of people <laughs> who are going to kick my ass if they ever see me. Look, uh, let's call a spade a spade here. Christoph Jocko is a solid fighter. He is, yeah. But, oof. <laughs> I mean, not the best fight. It's not the best fight. I'm trying to be delicate. I mean, we watch one on our first cage side rewind. Shameless yeah, plug. Look, but... and I think that's why it's so fresh in the brain right now. I don't think I've ever seen a Christoph Jocko fight that I was like, fuck yes. <laughs> like, but every Brendan Allen fight, but except for his Brendan, last one. Most Brendan Allen fights yeah. pretty exciting. Yeah. So it's a weird matchup here. It really yeah. is because Jocko doesn't. He for a while there he was kind of. I think he was ranked at one point. Was even like he was inching his way forward. But again, with that kind of fight style, you're not going to get any favors from the the guys at the UFC. And now he seems to have kind of fallen back. Like maybe his best years are behind him. Brendan Allen seems poised to really make that kind of run where he can get to the top fifteen. Has had a couple stumbles. Got back on track. He beat Jacob Malkoon, right, in his last fight. Yes, yeah. And he's an exciting fighter. He's exciting, young, good personality, all that stuff. Um, is he going to have a hard time here with Jocko? Jocko's – it's hard to look good against Christoph uh, Jocko. Yes, dude. That is such a perfect line to describe a fight with him. Because Brendan Allen, on – I mean, I want to say on paper you think he wins, but, I mean, he's a plus 100 underdog in this fight. I what? Be playing. Yeah, I will be playing that, by the way. Yeah, I will, wow. I will absolutely I'm, be playing that. I get it, but I don't get it. <laughs> right, right. You know? Yeah, it, this is a weird one. I mean, Jocko's well-rounded, but Brennan Allen is just kind of like the next wave. He's 26 years old, but he's already had nine fights in the company. He won on the Contender Series a few years ago. I mean, another super active guy that is getting better and better by each fight. He's had his faltering moments. I mean, he had that fight with Chris Curtis that he lost. That was his last loss. But uh, I don't know, man. I just kind of lean Brendan in all facets of the fight, regardless of the experience and fight mm-hmm. style of Jocko. So I think he gets it done, but maybe Jocko spoils his night. I don't really know. He's a hard guy to look good against. And Brendan Allen yeah. prides himself on being an exciting fighter who yeah. goes for finishes. 
Jocko's very good at slowing down the fight, really did dragging you into a, a very close quartered, um, a lot of clenching and stuff like that, push you up against the cage, all that stuff. Yeah. It'll be a definite test for Brendan to try to counteract that for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. More from Bellator286. I'll just kind of group these two together so we can just kind of get that discussion going. Aaron Pico taking mm-hmm. on Jeremy Kennedy. And this fight gets the award for the fight that I already thought happened award. Because <laughs> I saw this fight on here and I was like, oh, is this a rematch? Oh, no, it's just... It, it's a, it's I think a it has been booked, though, right? And I think I'm pretty strapped. sure we previewed it. And yeah. then I think Kennedy fell out or something like that. Uh, so this fight has, it, I thought it's happened like 10 times already, but apparently they've never fought before. Right. And then you have Juan Archuleta, former champion, taking on Enrique Barzola in a matchup of, uh, um, you would call it Grand Prix losers as of now. I didn't want to word it like that, but uh, people band-aid. that, they, they, you know, they're, they're trying to get back on track following disappointing losses yeah, yeah. in the Grand Prix. Right. So a lot of good fights here. Which direction are you kind of leaning? Are you preferring that Archuleta Barzola matchup, or is the Pico Kennedy matchup the upside of Pico really piquing your interest? I see what you did there. I think you have to pick Pico and Kennedy, but uh, I I don't know, man. Like Juan Archuleta and Enrique Barzola, the more high level fight. I mean, Juan Archuleta, former champion. Enrique was six three and one in the UFC. He had a good run there for a couple of years. He's still just thirty three years old, but Aaron Pico has been that guy. Another guy, just like AJ McKee, every fight he's ever had as a professional has been in Bellator. He's 10 and 3, 13 fights in the company. He had those moments where he faltered. He lost a couple in a row. That was right when we were um when we were entering into starting the podcast, he was coming in to get a win back, I believe, mm-hmm. is when he started this win streak that he's on. He's won six in a row. The dude's finished nine out of ten fights. He's super exciting. Noah's the one that you know, turned me on to this guy. I didn't really know much about him. No, told me about his background and everything. But Jeremy Kennedy, by the way, when you introed this fight and said Kennedy, I couldn't help but think Kennedy from the WWE. But um, I think this is going to be a good fight, man. And Kennedy's no slouch. He's been in the UFC. He's been in the PFL before. So he's got better competition all around than what I would say Aaron Pico does. So I think it's not an easy one. And Aaron Pico minus 600, I think, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm not going to sprinkle on this fight. At least I don't think so. But maybe, just maybe. But yeah, I have to go to that one. And I would imagine you are too. So funny enough, I'm not. Even oh, though, right. <laughs> even though you know I'm big on Aaron Pico. That's your Pico. guy. Yeah. I really like Aaron Pico. I think that dude is a future. It's hard to say if he's a future champion because that it, he's a tough division. But he feels like a guy with that kind of potential. Just. And he's, I mean, he's a wonder kid, right? He was literally yeah. the future from the day he started. Uh, it's such a, probably one of the biggest prospects in MMA history in terms of talent. And somehow Bellator was able to get him. Yeah. Um, but I think I'm more intrigued by this Archuleta Barzola fight. I will see, like, I, I do think Aaron Pico is going to win against Jeremy Kennedy. Hmm. And maybe that's why, is I'm just pretty confident in him. But I do admit, Jeremy Kennedy, definitely a good test. And yeah. uh, I don't want to overlook him. But the Archuleta-Barzola fight's a little more interesting because Barzola 
if I remember right, in his Grand Prix fight, he put up a pretty decent showing. Mm. Um, and then obviously he had the UFC record that was pretty good coming in. So he's definitely a high-level guy that's just kind of hasn't been able to make a name for himself yet. Juan Archuleta has been at the top of this promotion at a time. Former champion. But he's lost, I think, two in a row now. Yes. Uh, so it's more intriguing for me because can Archuleta get back on track? Can he still be one of the best in the division? Can he be a title challenger again? Mm. Or have we seen the best of him already? Was the loss to Sergio Pettis in the fashion that happened? Yeah, true. Kind of, the, kind of a sign that maybe he's just not that guy anymore. And I think this fight would really, it's a really good litmus test of like where he falls into this division. I like it. I do. Yeah. So we got uh, the closing statements coming up, but first I want to remind everybody, if you want to see our picks for the weekend of MMA, you got to follow us on social media. So on Twitter, Instagram at the Bajma, the B A J M M A on Twitter, Instagram, and we will post the picks on there. Uh, Friday or Saturday, I like to give Dom that leeway just in case. But before the cards start, it will be posted. And uh, you can also follow Dominic on Twitter or Instagram at Deasley14. Yes. Uh, you can follow myself on Twitter. Uh-oh. Uh, new at. Again. again. <laughs> at TWIS underscore betting. Now, you might ask yourself, now what, what, what does that mean? I'm not gonna tell you. You're gonna have so, to go read the bio. Uh, what's that? What's what's that clip? Is that? I'm not going to. So quit asking. Who was that? Was I'm that not gonna do it. So quit asking, Nick yeah, Saban. That's Nick Saban. Yeah. That yeah. that's what I'm. That's what I'm doing right now. So you know, you if you look deep enough, you'll kind of get the idea. But I, I'm rebranding my personal <laughs> Twitter and Instagram. He's rebranding his 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 whole being. <laughs> my literally my life is changing right he now. He changed so. it on his birth certificate too. So that is my new app. So you can find me there. I, that is I'm still running that account. So. Now, now now listen, we call you know the B A J M M A. We call it the Bajma. So are you? Is it twist twiz? You know twist betting. When I read it last night for the first time, I kept saying twist betting. That's kind of that's yeah. That's I, I definitely thought of that when I was typing it because I'm like, okay, we we get we got the baj. And I'm like, what can be kind of? I'm like twist betting. I'm like, hmm, well, T whiz. I don't know. Got, it's got some work to do, but maybe it'll <laughs> yeah. catch on. Okay. Um, but anyways, we're gonna get into closing statements. That's the only way we end our shows around here, Dom. Or the point of the show, we can talk about anything and everything, MMA related or not. Uh, we had a big discussion in our last episode about uh, Rancher Blue Cheese. Uh, Dominic, again, got berated by the audience. I don't think Dominic has had a food take that has not been one of the worst food takes of all time. Uh, but that's okay. We're here. It's a new It's a new day. What do you have for closing statements? You look like you are dying with anticipation to share this one. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, um, let me get this straight, though, because this is a trilogy here. What was the first one again? It was like the, um, the best condiment. The best condiment, right? Okay. And then Noah's two, second part of that was condiment for wings in regards to ranch and blue cheese. And we had a nice discussion, um, you know, some would say. And then we get to today. It's part three. It's the ending to the trilogy. 
And um, it, it's it's simple. I said that last time, too, when I was talking about it. But, uh, you know, we were talking about wings on Monday. But we never really said, you know, boneless, bone-in. We're just like, what do you, you know, ranch or blue cheese? What do you dip it yeah. in? Yeah. You know. <laughs> well, if you're not using boneless wings when you're dipping into your side item, side sauce of choice, you're doing it wrong. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the question is, do you eat your wings boneless or bone-in? No, the floor is yours. Dominic Street continues... Of having the most asinine bedwetting type food takes I've ever heard. The fact that you prefer boneless over bone-in shows that you are a psychopath. I I was on to you with the bagel bites. Mm. I was confident in you when it came time for what was the second fucking thing? The oh, steak. The steak. Oh, yeah. geez, don't even that one me. was not good for me. Yeah. But I was confirmed on you by the time you said you don't use ranch or blue cheese. And this is just a confirmation, you sick piece of shit. I can't believe you ever convinced me to do a show with you when you got all these, I'm calling them bedwetting food takes. Bed That's what wedding. it reminds me of. It's it's very much like your food takes when you tell them to me. I feel like you're my buddy staying over who just told me he peed the bed, hmm. like as a kid. Like I'm pretty sure I did that to Jake Moore once. Pretty sure I wet the bed at his house, and I was like, mm-hmm. Jake, I, I wet your bed. And right. He was like, Dude, what the fuck? Why'd you mm-hmm. wet my bed? Okay. So that's what you just did to me. I wetted the bed. Proverbially, you wet my bed. Okay. And I'm not happy about it because bone in wings. Our king. And I and I just I will admit it's a rather new part of my life to be very wing in guy. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I, I I did for a long time only do the boneless wings. But then I did this thing, uh you guys might have heard of it. I did this thing where you called grow up and actually <laughs> develop a adult, you know food taste right so right um i did that i did a little bit of growing up you guys might want to look into it it's uh, you know just google it you know mm-hmm. um bone-in wings are supreme they taste better they're actual chicken wings i mean the boneless wings are tenders or or nuggets i mean they're not wings i like a good dino nugget ain't no damn chicken flying with those wings <laughs> i mean come on <laughs> so i just I just can't believe, Dom, like, I understand having, like, one of these things, that that being your kind of edgy thing. Like, ooh, I'm a bagel bite guy. It's like, okay, fucking weirdo, but all right, I'll hang out with you. But these are, like, I mean, these are stacking up. Like, I can't, I, 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 it's becoming hard to defend you against the mob. I mean, every time we do this, you put yourself out there. Yeah. And then everybody just starts shitting on you. And, look, I'll admit it, like, I was kind of commenting back, egging them on i was kind of like yeah fucking get them boys (laughs) 
So Noah had a literal chef with him. <laughs> I, I did. I said, see, Dom, this guy's a chef. <laughs> that he knows what he's talking he's about. He's like, yeah, I have thing. been for 10 years. I'm like, holy that shit. Was, that was hilarious. But, um, yeah, that was my long way of saying bone-in wings are best. Well, that's all, folks. So do you not like getting – is it is it the is it the messiness that you don't like? Um, it's just the, the, the <clears throat> ratio of meat, you know, I want, what? More, I want more meat in my mouth. That's, <laughs> huh? Um, uh, okay. Well, that's it's, just, it's, I it's, short circuited right it, there. It's, <laughs> you, 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 I broke I my brain. Believe, okay. Now. You just said something else. That's, uh, that is even dumber than no. what you just said. There boneless. is more meat in a bone-in wing no. than boneless. No, no, no. Prime no, example? Uh, no. It, okay. Prime example? B-dubs. Okay. Prime example back? A rooster's boneless wing to a B-dubs regular wing. Tell me you're <laughs> not getting... Wait a minute. You you have moved the goalpost on me. Okay, you want me to go same restaurant? Wait, Fine. you literally Fair. just were like, how about a wing, the biggest boneless wing on the market compared to overpriced, tiny, bone-in wings from B-dubs? Look, I love B-dubs sauces, but their chicken is pretty small <laughs> as it is. Yeah. Like, how dare you try to compare the I, biggest boneless wing on the market? Okay, I think even a boneless wing at B-dubs to the regular wing, it's just better. It's better. You're still getting more wing. You don't have to fight your way through a bone, and you're going to get shit all over your fingers and your mouth. And some people, maybe maybe they're thinking, like Noah already said, grow up, Dominic. Be a man. What's that That guy on TikTok? Be a man. I know Noah's not big on TikTok, but the guy's pretty funny. Mm. So I don't like getting my hands dirty. So mm. I don't like eating around a bone. Just give me the wing on a fork. Boom. Down the gullet. One bite. All done. On to the next wing. I I do have to admit <laughs> after everything I just said um are we having a I'm kind of a, moment here? I, I'm kind of a fraud because I just said all that. I mean, I went on a monumental yeah just uh-huh. thrashing of you. Yeah, finish up here. Huh? <sighs> Come on, let it out. It, 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 the first step to recovery is admitting you have a problem. I still get boneless wings from roosters. That's why you, I love you, you got the one example that you knew you could nail me on because that it's true. Roosters boneless is better than their bone in, and I think you get more chicken. With I'm gonna boneless. I'm gonna ask you one more question because you were in BG longer than myself. Yes, the boneless from. Wings over, Wings over are bigger than the bone-in. I just didn't know. Actually, I don't know. It's very comparable. And I'll tell you, when you go to a wing place and you're not ordering six or eight, you're saying, I want a half pound. Far superior, <laughs> by the way, too. If you're ordering shit by the pound, you're doing things right. I don't have anything to say to that one. There you go. So for my closing statement, do I have anything today? I feel like I, I I had something coming in, and then I thought of something better, and then you said some bullshit, and then I like it's all gone, it. all gone, yeah. Well, 
Well, I'm no Baker. That's Dominic Salee. We are but just two of the below average shows, and we will see you guys on Monday.